My name is Andy Field. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. You're listening to the Daily Emerald Weekly News Wrap-Up. Today, we're going to be focusing on one story, the HECC's approval of the 10.6% increase of in-state tuition at the University of Oregon. To give some context, we're also going to talk about how we got here and the evolution of the tuition debate since February. I'm Francisca Monahan, Senior Podcast Editor at The Daily Emerald. I'm Alec Cowan, Senior Opinion Editor for The Emerald. And I'm Emma Henderson, Senior News Reporter. It's Saturday, May 27th. So this has been a turbulent process. Now that it has been decided that everything is final, could you walk us through the history of this decision, Emma? In February, the Tuition and Fees Advisory Board, which is made up of various students, administrators, faculty, and staff members, decided to increase tuition by $21 a credit hour, which added up amounts to a $945 increase a year for all students. The board then summited the recommended increase to President Schill, who then forwarded the decision to the Board of Trustees. This year's tuition plan was significant because it puts a heavier burden on in-state students who are seeing a 10.6% increase, as opposed to the out-of-state students who are actually only seeing a 3% increase. When Schill put forward the decision, he expressed that he didn't want to increase tuition, but that because of a lack of things like state funding and higher education and a broken employee retirement system, it will be going up each year. Oregon is currently ranked number 46 in the country for higher education state funding. So what happened when it went to the Board of Trustees? They passed it. Almost every single member approved it except for Kurt Wilcox, who represented non-faculty staff at the meeting. He was the only member to vote no because of how much weight it put on in-state students. Anne Curry noted that the additional $50 increase in the technology fee, the new live-on requirement for freshman students, and the tuition increase itself would be too much to do at once. She did vote for the increase based on the university avoiding serious debt. Oregon is projected to have a $25 million increase in costs for the next fiscal year, and the school is currently operating at an $8.8 million deficit. There were around 50 students, staff, and faculty that rallied outside the meeting, chanting things like, Hey, Shale, we're no fools. We don't let you ruin our schools. Before the votes were cast, the members heard from people in the audience, and each of the speakers were students talking about what the increase in the school meant to them. One student, whose name was Charlie Landeros, who fought in both Iraq and Afghanistan and attends UO through the GI Bill, said that students shouldn't have to fight two wars just to finance a college education. So then the budget was sent to Salem to be voted on by their Higher Education Coordinating Commission, or HECC, where it was initially shot down. This was largely due in part to student testimony at the Capitol, as well as Governor Kate Brown's statement to the HECC to not approve any tuition increases over 5% for public universities. A lot of students were happy for the decision, but there are a lot of nuances to the situation, aren't there? Yeah, after the tuition increase failed, President Schill hinted at the fact that this would mean more increases in cuts, which are projected to give $9 million back to the university. Many people have been annoyed with Governor Brown's reaction because it hadn't taken into account how much funding from the state the universities need to keep an increase at 5%. When the HECC denied the increase, Schill released a statement that there may be even more cuts in the 54 non-tenure track faculty positions guaranteed to be cut already. So a lot of the discussion has focused on balancing faculty cuts and tuition increases and finding a medium that satisfies the most people. The UO spokesperson, Tobin Klinger, believed it would be a tremendous setback for the university, and ASUO president, Quinn Haga, expressed that it was difficult to know if it was a success. Both were concerned about further cuts and increases. Which played a big role in the decision this week. 
Exactly. After the HECC denied the increase, several administrators went to Salem to try and persuade the state to reverse its decision. The HECC is only able to approve an increase over 5% if sufficient evidence is provided that the university gave serious consideration to the increase, that low-income and minority students will be supported, and that the university proves it will manage costs. UO representatives spoke on how the Pathway Organ Program covers tuition for low-income students and that the university is helping underrepresented students. President Schill also spoke about how UO is working as hard as possible to increase funding and revenue. Portland State's increase of 8.8% was also approved at the meeting. So what have been some of the reactions since the decision was finalized? One student, Max Jensen, commented, The university just got a $500 million donation for a new research facility. $15 million should be nothing to them. Apparently, Knight's ego is more worthy of funding than our education. And that's, of course, in reference to Phil and Penny Knight's donation for the new science research-based Knight campus, um, which will be built in the next coming years. So one of the problems with the Knight campus, too, has been a question of, I mean, of course, we could, you know, we could use the $500 million that was donated for the campus and immediately use that to solve our debt problem. But it also kind of fits into this mindset of how the university functions and runs and how a lot of what the donations go towards are investments. So the Knight campus is meant to hopefully bring in all these research opportunities um, and, you know, a lot of breakthroughs and therefore more patents. And since we're a research-based university, that brings in a lot of funding. And so one of the hopes with the Knight campus is a longer-term solution than maybe just a one-year plug in, you know, $15 million and the debt's solved. So it, it, it does bring up a question of whether that's necessarily going to work or not. Of course, it's all in the future. So it's hard to say if maybe the Knight Campus will eventually solve our debt problems consistently or whether it's kind of just another fancy building on campus and then we kind of keep plugging along at this big chunk of debt. In the last uh, weekly news wrap-up, we did talk about um, – grants that are given to the university to build things like buildings and something people criticize how uh like sometimes people criticize how the build how the university builds new buildings all the time and injects money into the sports programs but the donors do give that money for those purposes it's not like we can just use them wherever we feel like we need to do that uh they gave it to us for this purpose and they expect us to use it for that otherwise you don't get grant money so and then one of the other reactions has been between the now leaving ASUO slate and the incoming ASUO slate between how we should go about solving the tuition problem. So the current slate, um, both Haga and Fisher, were in favor of the tuition increase, you know, for the sake of preserving a lot of the, you know, we already have 54 cuts scheduled already, but, um, and, and, f and to preserve professors and programs on campus. Uh, but I guess, you know, I think everyone can agree that regardless of if you support the increase or not, whether it's Shill's perspective um, or the incoming slate, um, Amy Shank, Vicky Gim, um, and Tessa Moore um, all agree that the tuition increase is not good for the university and that it, it's a tremendous burden on students. Um, and so there's been some kind of contention between the two there. But I think everyone agrees that regardless, the state needs to invest more in higher education. I mean, like we were saying, um, Oregon ranks 46th in the country when it comes to higher 
education funding. And that's obviously manifesting in the fact that Kate Brown is limiting increases to 5%, but is not giving that much funding to the universities. And it's kind of, I think everyone here can agree that regardless of if you support the tuition increase or not, that the state needs to find better ways to fund universities. Yeah, that's really at the root of the problem instead of building new buildings and our sports programs, which are investments in the university. You can you can stick blame on those for swallowing up money, but really it's we're a state university that has basically no state funding. So that covers the tuition situation so far this year. You can read more about the increase at our website, dailyemerald.com. We've also covered the evolution of this story in previous news wrap-up podcasts, which can also be found on our website or on SoundCloud and iTunes alongside all of our other Daily Emerald podcasts. Again, I'm Francisca Monahan, Senior Podcast Editor. I'm Alec Cowan, Senior Opinion Editor. And I'm Emma Henderson, Senior News Reporter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you.